Hi guys, and welcome to the first of three installments of my podcast called The Techno Show. My name is Tomis Bogushevich, and I will be your host. My podcast topic was technology, and as we all know, that is a very broad topic of conversation, so I've tried to split it out as best as I could. And yeah, let's get started. Anyways, technology... Without a doubt, everyone can say that it is a big part of our lives, with most people being able to say that it is definitely an essential part of our lives. We can't live without it. We rely on technology a lot. Our day-to-day lives revolve around technology. But why is technology so huge in our lives? Looking back at how people lived before the age of technology, was there anything that they were really missing out on that we have and take for granted? Were people back then happier without technology? Or is technology as a whole really the revolution of the world and as essential as we all nowadays in the 21st century think it is? And finally, how has the surplus of information affected technology? So let's get right into it. Technology, by definition, is the application of scientific knowledge for practical purposes, especially in industry. However, today our focus will be more on the electronic side of technology, and that is what these general podcasts will be more about. Technology is a very broad subject, but I have decided to whittle it down to primarily electronics, such as our phones, our media, and the everyday technology that we all use. Because technology can be anything. It literally can be anything from windows to reclining chairs to the guitars... And which I would say is not as revolutionary and not as advanced as the iPhone. And when it comes to this segment, I will be focusing on the history of technology and what it has come down to today. So nowadays, we are all used to our iPhones, our TVs, our smartwatches and our computers. But do we really know where all of this started from? According to netprolive.com, the first ever electronic device was the relay. For those that don't know what the relay is, the relay is an electromagnetic switch that converts small electrical stimuli into larger currents. And this, as we all know, was the start of electricity as we know it. This was indeed the stepping stone to electronics. Now before we get into electronics as they are portrayed now, We first need a little bit of insight into the timeline of electronic devices just to get caught up here. According to Precedent.com, the first ever photographic image was taken in 1827 by Joseph Nipz. The electronic vehicle was up next, with the first one being created in approximately 1832. After that, there was a bit of a pause in the timeline and 23 years later came the telephone, co-created by Alex Bell and Thomas Watson. The period in between 1850 and 1875 saw a lot of new technology being invented, with the first electric stove and the first projector being released into the world in the years 1859 and 1867. Next up was the light bulb, and I think it is safe to say we all know who invented that, But for those few in this big world that do not know, it was invented by the one and only Thomas Edison. In the consecutive years of 1895 
1896, we saw the rise of the first radio and the first ever wireless telegraph. And that, in short, sums up the technological revolutions of the 19th century. Of course, there is way more than that. Way, way more. But I'm just going to keep it as brief as possible to get on with the flow of the podcast. So moving on to the 20th century, it was very difficult to find something for the first half, honestly, given that two world wars broke out. And with the whole world being at a crossroads, we have to look all the way to the second half of the century. After the war in 1956, to be exact, the latest breakthrough was the VCR. We from the early 2000s remember VCRs really well. So many memories made on those. The big rectangle that contained a movie. So many of us watched our first Disney movies on these things, such as The Lion King, 101 Dalmatians, Beauty and the Beast. Really, it really hits home. Really, so many memories built off of those. And last but not least, what we rely on very heavily nowadays, the cell phone. The cell phone was created in 1973, and as we all know, has gone through and seen a whole lot of upgrades. I can guarantee you that no one in 1973 would expect to see what we all use nowadays in our smartphones and our gadgets and the Apple Watches and oh man. And if we take a moment to look back at the history of electronics, I think it is safe to say that this was not something that just happened overnight. This took plenty of time. Inventing these took time, dedication, and a whole lot of trial and error. If there's any companies nowadays that stand out in terms of technology, we would have to go between the two, Apple and Samsung. Two companies that have a very rich history and never-ending rivalry. If we look nowadays at which devices people use, it is easily, usually, between Apple and Samsung. There are companies like LG and Google that have smartphones, but in all honesty, when I walk around outside, I primarily see Apple and Samsung. It's usually a split between those two companies. But how did these two companies start off? Were they successful right from the start, or did it take a lot of grit to get to where they are today? We'll start off with giving Apple the spotlight. Apple was 41 years old in April. Holy, time time really does fly, honestly. And to start things off with Apple, Apple was founded on April 1st, 1976 by none other than Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. In 1971, the two met through a mutual friend by the name of Steve Fernandez. They became quick friends through shared interests. In their teen years, they did a prank on which they rig- in which they rigged a painting of a hand to portray the middle finger at graduation at Jobs' old school. That right there just shows a bond. These two were really close, and you can right away see right from the get-go that great minds think alike, and that they automatically had an idea of what they wanted to achieve. And in 1975, both the Steves attended the Homebrew Computer Club, which you could say was the spark that led to the both of them onto their first ever Apple computer. When it comes to the actual name, 
Apple of the company, Wozniak stated that it was Jobs' idea. Jobs said the name sounded fun, spirited, and not intimidating. Their first ever computer sold for $666. Pretty cheap if we look at it nowadays, considering that Macs go around for one grand and up. But at the time, money was different and items were cheaper. However, it was not also cut and dry. The amount of Apple Ones, which was their first ever computer, was very low due to the fact that Wozniak created each of these computers by hand, which also meant that they were low on parts. Jobs went to Kramer Electronics, and when he showed an order slip with a 30-day credit return, the manager agreed and was able to provide the parts that were necessary. Given that each of these were created by hand, they had to get the parts needed, and of course, if they considering they were just starting off as a company, they were not able to have a lot of parts, and that led to them needing to go out and get parts and ask for loans. However, their business did still not provide enough income to open up a factory, so these two had to use the basements of friends in which they assembled their computers. Jobs tried to get loans from banks to help with their new business. However, the banks chose not to give out money because during this time, Barely anyone used computers, which is to no surprise really because they were an emerging thing on the market. So why give money towards an item that has no real use at the time? Later on, Ronald Wayne joined the duo, and this occurred after both the Steves finally managed to get a loan from the bank. After this came a time of ups and downs, just like most beginners' companies endure. However, Wayne's time at Apple did not last long at all. Due to high risk, he did leave the company early on because at the time, joining any company is a gamble and at the time this was a bit too risky to keep himself involved in it. Moving on, the Apple II was released in the year April, in April of 1987, 1997. Before Wayne left, he had a few ideas to help the Apple I and due to the fact that they had more money, they meant that they had better equipment for their computers. With regards to the Apple II, I made a mistake there. It was released actually in April of 1977, not 1997. And during this time, the company also engaged with the public, participating in the West Coast Computer Fair. This brought a huge amount of success for the companies, due to the fact that a Japanese chemist saw their product at this convention and was really, really impressed. He later on ended up being the first ever authorized seller of the Apple II computer in Japan. And this was when Apple was going global. Pretty soon afterwards, in 1980 to be precise, the Apple III came along. As stated by DorseEmpire.com, it was by far the most sophisticated version and was intended for the business users. However, Apple chose to remove the cooling fan from the computer which caused quite a lot of problems. The purpose of the cooling fan was to get rid of the heat through something called chassis, which is a case that contains most of the parts inside the computer. However, that backfired, causing extra heat buildup in the computer, and people did not like this. There were malfunctions and sales went down. The solution, which in truth is a little bit comedic, was to lift up the computer precisely six inches and then afterwards to leave it, 
which would allegedly allow the circuits to get back into position. This was a little, little stumble for Apple in the running. And Apple IV came along in 1983. And a good little name I came up for the Apple IV was the Redemption Computer. This model was focused on fixing the problems in relation to its predecessor. This restored Apple's name back for those that were skeptical after the irritating problems with the Apple III. I'm not going to go into every single creation that the company has ever made because we would be sitting here for a very, very long time if I were to do that. There were constantly a lot of tweaks and add-ons that were put into the computers to make them more reliable and so they would operate better as a whole. I know this is a topic so interesting and surely all of you are dying to hear about the works of Apple's, but I think it's best if we carry on here. In 1984, Apple released its first ever advertisement as seen on television. Alongside that, they were also featured in magazines. The whole post-election Newsweek was booked out by Apple. Moving on to a very interesting period in the history of Apple, we all know that with growing companies, new members come into play, causing different thoughts and different ideas, which can lead to conflict within the company itself. This is exactly what happened in 1985. Jobs, who was president at the time, wanted to work on what we know now as the Mac. And the CEO, John Scully, wanted to pay his attention to the Apple II computers. At first, the company agreed to focus on the Macintosh division, or better known as the Mac, but that failed, which caused Scully to take a higher position in the company. After this decision, Jobs decided to part ways with his company. Afterwards, Jobs started putting investments into other technological companies. In 1996, things seemed to get worse for Apple. No new products were being released, which meant that sales were down. Other companies started competing with Apple, with the products that were already on the market from Apple were under a huge amount of pressure. 1997 brought the return of Steve Jobs, who rejoined the company as interim CEO. Right away, he started rebuilding the company from the current difficult situation that they were in. He changed the computer that was running at the time, which clearly, at the time of his arrival, was not working for him. He brought in the Apple Store that we all know, new devices to this day, such as the iPhone and the iPod. The iPod was discontinued on May 2019, but the iPhone is still around to this day and is definitely the most popular cell phone nowadays. He brought the company back from a huge downhill slump, which in truth, if not for him, could have led to bankruptcy and the whole downfall of the company. In truth, he did save his own company, and he stayed as CEO up until his resignation in 2011, which was due to his health condition. And in October of the same year, he passed away due to pancreatic cancer. When it comes to Apple, just like any other major corporation in the world, there are highs and lows. However, those that embrace the lows are the ones that succeed. Jobs did embrace the lows, and he built off of that. The ones that work on being better, that push themselves every time they succeed, and the ones that never give up despite all the odds. It takes a lot of character. It takes grit, and it takes determination. Steve Jobs had all those qualities, and he did not back down from a challenge. Apple as a company would not be where they are today without the lows, because they learned from their mistakes, and they grew from them. What can I say? It all starts with an idea. 
The problem, however, that most of us face is finding that idea. But that idea, when it is found, will go the distance. It is not meant to be easy to succeed. Apple literally started with two friends working together on computers in a basement. And now they are one of the leading tech companies in the entire world. That is it for today's podcast. In the next podcast, we will be talking about Apple's biggest rival, Samsung. Till then, stay smiling, guys, and thank you so much.